listening to Influential Barbecue, the podcast where we talk to influencers in the barbecue industry to uncover how they've cultivated huge followings, unique income sources, and sponsorship possibilities from a love of cooking outdoors. If you want to turn your passion for food and fire into a world of opportunities, you're in the right place. And now your host, Jordan Moore. Welcome back. You know what time it is. It's time for another episode of Influential Barbecue. Thanks so much for joining me again this week. This one is going to be a lot of fun. Chances are you are acquainted with this week's guest. You've seen him slap a whole brisket on TikTok. He throws down some amazing cooks. And he always brings 210% energy when he's cooking or when he's creating or even when he's just hanging out. He doesn't hide anything on social media. He's just 100% him all the time, and I think that's what we all really love about him. I sit down and I chat with the conductor of Chuck's Flavor Train. This episode is less about techniques on how to improve your brand or gain followers or create more income. Um, Chuck talks a lot about his mindset and some of the mental things he's dealt with to get to where he is, which is just as, if not more important than any other aspect on this big journey that we're all on. I would also like to note that we ran into the odd technical issue on this episode, so in the odd spot there are some words that are cut off or cut out that I couldn't recover, but they don't take away from the context, so just try and ignore that and keep on listening. So grab a drink, stick that pinky out, and let's get into it with Chuck's Flavor Train. All right, welcome back to another week of Influential Barbecue. This week, my guest needs very little introduction. I've heard from more than one person that he's more official than a ref with a whistle, and he's the head of the Bang Bang Flavor Gang. I got Chuck the Flavor Train with me today. Chuck, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. That intro was uh, much more esteemed than I'm deserving of, but I will gladly take it. So I appreciate that. (laughs) You're a modest man. That's what I've noticed. Um, To get things started, can you just kind of tell... Anybody who's under a rock listening to this, kind of who you are, what you're all about, and where you came from? Absolutely, yes. He said, my name is Chuck, um, conductor of the Flavor Train, which started off kind of just as a nickname, um, turned into the catering company, business page, persona, whatever you want to say. But I grew up in Napa, California. Um, Now I live in Vallejo, the itty-bitty city of water right between Napa and San Francisco. Um, That's where I reside at, cook, cater, share all my recipes, have fun. That's basically what I do is try to cook, have fun. I've been blessed that um, what started off as a hobby and the pictures has kind of grown into what it has, but not much has really changed. You know, I think it's funny. Friends, people, you know, oh, dude, are you famous now? Are you going to quit this or that? Or do you have to say, no, dude, I'm still the same me. I'm doing the same damn thing I was doing three, four years ago. Only difference is now people seem to care for whatever reason, so. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it all goes. So like, how how did it start up? How did you get into barbecue and then transition that into social media? Because that's kind of how this thing blew up, if I understand correctly, is through socials. Correct. Yeah. So uh, my brother got me a smoker December of 2016. And it's funny, every year it's a little bit more, but I still tell people like, man, I, I haven't been doing it for a long time. I had never ran a smoker slash grill barbecue outside of a backyard gas grill until, you know, December 2016. And, you know, since then everything has happened, but it started with that. I had a family friend over for dinner um, that October or September before that, excuse me. I made a braised lamb neck pasta. She's like, dude, you got to share this. I like, do a blog. And I was kind of anti-blog. I, I mean... Everyone has their niche. I don't mean that. I just feel like 
especially I was still coming out of college at this time. It's like blogs kind of had like, oh, dude, I'm not writing a 35 page novel about what it was like wine tasting. And then the first time I cooked a steak, like that's just not what I was trying to do. That's all I'm trying to say. And she's mm -hmm. like, well, people post yep. things on Instagram or Pinterest or whatever. And again, Pinterest, I didn't really know how to work. Instagram I had, I made one, but never really messed around with it. So I had started posting food recipes. Once I got the smoker and started posting some of the barbecue, it's like, oh, damn, dude. It's like, I mean, it's like I was like a big booty girl in the yard. You got people coming out in the woodworks <laughs> like, let's talk, let's talk. And it's all guys wanting to talk just like, oh, I got this type of smoker and I use this type of wood. And it's like, oh, this is like a cult-like community of guys that like to drink beer and smoke meats and just have fun. It's like, where has this been missing all my life? And really it's, um, you know, we all go through things mentally and I, I was going through a down, uh, a dark time at that point. And it just so happened that kind of the food thing and the IG community all happened at once. And um, I just kind of fell in love. It's, I didn't even realize, and even now, I, I try not to take it for granted, but I mean, it's like, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, are into this and following this. And again, that wasn't the dream or the goal. The whole thing was just, let's cook and share. And that's still what the goal is. But um, yeah, it, it just, it all sprung from that. Just wanted to share and be a part of the community and learn and grow. And this big John's doing this. And my buddy Brian up in Canada is doing this. And you see all these people. It's like, I want to try what he's doing. I want to learn. And it really was just, you know, a quest and journey, a fat kid's journey that's led me to this point. Yeah, that's so cool because it's, it's you know, it starts on Instagram by yourself thinking no one's going to want to see it. And then all of a sudden your Instagram community is the same as if you had 60 people over for a party. Like you're, you're giving them so many things. You're giving them recipes. You're giving them entertainment. You're showing people what you are doing and what you love doing. And now it's just got such a grander scale on how you can share the things that you love to do and the things you love to create, which is so cool it is it's the scale that's a good way to put it is uh again it's very strange just lately to doing some things that have been televised and with the 49ers it's uh it's all about the scale that's just a great word to say it it's it, nothing has changed but there's more people whether it's going to the niners game and you hear someone hey bang bang flavor gang it's like oh like <laughs> cool you get it like i don't have to change like they're trying to vibe with me like they know what i do they understand and i don't have to change myself this morning today I was doing a fire pit in the backyard. I had some trash. Not, I don't know if you're supposed to burn trash. But I was burning. I don't really care. Whatever. Burning trash back there. <laughs> One of the neighbors called that there was a fire. And by the time the fireman got here, it was gone. But the fireman's walking to me in the backyard. And I'm thinking, oh, I got to explain myself. He's like, oh, my God, flavor. Like, flavor train. I go to Flavor Town every day, baby. Like, I follow you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. Like, that's crazy. So I go to the fire station. I was like, oh, bro, let me drop off some swag. Like, get you guys some stuff. He's like, we can't take it directly from you here. But if you want to drop it off, we're at this station right up the road. So I go to drop it off. None of the guys that were there when I was there, but another guy's point in. He's like, bang, bang, flavor gang. I know you. I'm like, oh, like, well, you know, so. <laughs> That's the type of thing where it's just cool to like a little bit of validation, if that makes sense, you know, mm -hmm. to go with it, like validation, like everything I say, all the things that every time I make a dumbass joke and my wife's like, babe, you know, I'm totally joking. My wife's crazy supporter. But anytime you make a corny joke or anytime your daughter's like, daddy, you're not funny joking. It's like, oh, no, people do think I'm apparently kind of funny, I guess, you know, so it's just yeah. nice. You know, it really is the best way to put it. It's nice, man. It's it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. How, is you, how have you found the transition from like cooking by yourself, posting a few things to now you're recognized in a stadium of 28,000 people or 50,000 people? Like, how has that affected you mentally? Like how you approach things like you're you're now known in the public eye. You're being seen after just creating briskets online, essentially, which is crazy because I was cooking so much before and I still do other things. 
and it's like, you know, I can cook a 12 hour ramen dish and it's like, oh yeah, that's okay. And then I cook another brisket and it's like, oh my God, you know, so it's just funny. Um, side note, but yeah, no, as far as handling it, I always tell my wife, like we were doing something the other day and I'm like, I don't know what these people expect, but they're going to get me like, you know, so it's like, regardless, I don't really know how to turn it off or be something else. If you see me out in public, I might be drinking, showing my friends. That's how I live my life. I might be at a barbecue. I might be faded. I might be doing some, whatever it is, but you're going to get me. I don't mind saying hi. I like to engage and interact, um, but you're going to get whatever you want. People say, you know, I'm good at turning it on for the camera. And I will say, I'm not really turning anything on. I grew up a wrestling fan and I would liken it to that, you know, you know, the rock and, you know, uh, stone cold would always say my character, the best way to be the best character is yourself. Just turn it up, you know? So I'm not ever faking it. You know, it's just, you're getting me amped up to another level. So that's the way I try to adapt it. I don't have to be anything else than other than what I am. And you're going to get me regardless. So if you like that, cool. If you don't like that and expected something else, sorry, you know, I, I didn't get in this to be a, a role model or a celebrity. You know, I'm a fat guy that likes yeah. food. So that's what I'm striving <laughs> to be. And I think I'm succeeding. So anything else that comes along with that, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah. And that goes back to the point, like a lot of my guests have all mentioned, you know, you got to be authentic. You got to be yourself. People can smell a fake from a mile away and you're not not even close to that and you've got the you bring the energy all the time but you're also so humble in that you don't know why you're here right now which you I mean you're an entertainer you're doing incredible stuff but you're still so humble and like what thank you you kind of know what's happening but what's what's the deal with that i think i think part of it honestly <laughs> is probably a self-esteem thing you know uh most mm. people that know me would say, oh, growing up, you weren't this hyped or excited or you know we knew you it was in you you were always like this but maybe uh the confidence and despite what comes across on camera and I get this message a lot from people, it's a lot of false confidence. You know, I, I, mm -hmm. I wasn't always comfortable in my skin. I still am not necessarily happy with, you know, um, everything that I am as a person or who I am or everything that I've done. So I think a lot of that is kind of fake it till you make it. And a lot of that's trying to hide whatever insecurities or things that I might have. So, and I think that's the part that people, kind of connect with through dms or like conversations like this you know the video side is mm -hmm. one side like let's have fun with but it's like hey man if you want to talk i get it homie you had a shitty day shoot me a dm we can talk about that you want to laugh and giggle talk about barbecue we can do that but i think it comes back to being just trying to be myself at all times you know uh, you can hold things in and try to hide it but that doesn't help you know um, so I really just try to embrace who I am, how I'm feeling and wear my emotions on my sleeve. And generally that's all upbeat, happy. But I think that happiness, I said, it's a, a projection of, I think maybe how I want people to see me, you know, trying to, uh, paint the picture that I want out there. If that makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. And like imposter syndrome is such a big thing for so many people. Cause especially mm -hmm. we're on Instagram all day and we're looking at people who have done things that we've like never thought of or never been able to try. So we spend the day looking at stuff going, Oh, I could never do that. I could never do that. And you just, you just kind of have to fake it till you make it. Like you said, like I'm not a, outgoing person and here i am hosting a podcast talking to you when he's just like you just reach out to people and do something until you're comfortable doing it again totally and that's the one thing you know i'm actually enjoying this conversation by the way i was worried when you said talking about the influencer side just because that term <laughs> influencer and some of that side i'm like eh, eh, but this side of the stuff is what i like to talk about but you're right and i think some of that imposter syndrome is also um it kind of lends into how, how I even kind of started blowing up or growing in a sense, you know, I'd been posting pictures forever and 
I had a fun time doing that. Pictures are much easier to produce. Anyone knows that you take a photo, you got to, you know, maybe do a couple of edits. If you edit your pictures, whatever you post it video, sometimes it's an hour's worth of footage. You got to edit down. But what helped me grow was I had done videos before, but I personally wasn't really comfortable on camera at the time. I've kind of grown to be, but I wasn't necessarily, but I realized, Oh shoot, I can record a video and then do a voiceover without anyone seeing me. And it's like, that's where my personality came through. And so, but that whole personality only shined in that aspect because I was actually afraid to do it any other way. I didn't want to go on <laughs> camera. So I'll give you this, but it's going to be off camera. So I think there's just ways and people need to think about make it work for you. You know, there's a lot of pages out there, uh, black t-shirts staring in the camera up close, the same thing every time, quick cuts and blah, blah, blah. That's, that might've worked for person A, B, and C because that was their genuine style. But John Smith, if that's not you, if you're a slob that likes to drink and you live in a messy shack and you like to throw shit around when you cook, post that. If you're a nerd, embrace being a nerd and you know live that lifestyle. Whatever it is that is you, that's what people need to focus on. Just focus on yourself. And what's crazy nowadays is you said, you know, I'm known or this or that. And it's it's still crazy getting recognized, but at the same time, it's like you don't have to be on a television show now to be quote unquote famous or known. Like you can have a kick ass Instagram page with 50,000 followers even and be a superstar in your hometown. You know, it's like people got to stop looking at it like I'm trying to be the next Gordon Ramsay through Instagram and look at like. I grew up in the Bay Area out here. We got a big underground rap scene, okay? Those guys are superstars out here. They might not be known anywhere else, but they're superstars here. And they're doing big albums out here. You can be a superstar in your own town. You can look at that same model of just kill my hometown, be local, be myself, stay true to my roots, and whatever happens, happens. And you can be a superstar in your town have that same model transferred online so you got fifty thousand people in your town and then a hundred thousand people across america that like you too that's a hundred fifty thousand people that like you for you that's what you need you know what i'm saying it's like i don't want a million fake friends i'd rather have you know ten thousand uh uh real friends than a million fake friends that's what i'm looking for you know it's it's about the quality of the engagement the quality of the relationships and i think people take that for granted you know it's like i don't need everything i'm just trying to get my little niche of the pie and johnny can have his and Susie can have hers and there's a big ass pizza we could all eat together you know yeah absolutely and it goes to it goes down to you know everyone's trying to go like oh i need a million followers i need everyone in the world to know what i'm doing but the more people you exclude, the more people you attract, because you're going to attract every single person that loves what you're doing. And in turn, you're going to get so much less hate mail at the same time, because there's people that have no business following you. They're not going to follow you anymore because you're not trying to get them. All these people trying to do everything just end up with mediocre content for all of their followers instead of someone like you who's like, this is me. I've got the booze. I'm slapping this brisket and I'm going to yell at you, but it's going to be delicious. And they're gonna be like, yeah, I'm following this guy for this. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny. I, I just laugh. You said yell at you. One of my best friends, I got to give him a shout out my boy Bryce, but he's always like, he'll send you a video. He'll send me a video. He's a white dude, but he'll send me a video. And be like, oh yeah, cool. I woke up and saw this big black guy yelling at me again. And I'll look at the video. It's like, oh, it's me. I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. Like, yeah. you know but it's like? And he's like, oh, I'm sick of this black guy yelling at me. I'm like, hey, homie. Like, but it is, and it's like, that's what I'm saying. Not everyone has to yell. I've seen, you definitely notice trends in the world. I don't, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without sounding like an asshole. And if I do, let me know. But there are sometimes you see something and it's like, oh, I know they did that because of something I did. Or I know they did that because of something this person did. There are yeah. some things with the timing, the way they do it. I'll see people yell and it's like, bro, I, I could tell that's not you. Or <laughs> it's 
slap the meat and it's like bro that's so half-assed if you're gonna slap it slap your meat you know what i'm saying like but i was like again just going back to what i said just be yourself that's the main thing that comes across you know try not to take influence from someone and i think there's a lot of corny sayings and traditional sayings about being yourself inspiring others it's the amount of people that's like oh dude i didn't even, i didn't know i could drink on camera it's like yeah bro what are they gonna do kick you off the internet budweiser's got commercials that they play during kids network television yeah. but i can't like, come on give me a break you know so just little things like that you know or like you know i've seen guys that'll incorporate like a magic card i've seen a dude like he plays magic the gathering he did a couple tiktok videos of like oh this person's making this like this is what he would eat tonight so we're gonna that's dope I don't even like magic, but that's some cool yeah. shit. That's like some nerdy, like, you know, artsy thing I would never have thought to do and, and introduce me to that world. And now through food, I'm like, okay, well, let me check out magic, you know, that, but whatever it is you do, just be yourself and be authentic and be unique. You know, I think being unique without trying to be corny or anything like that is the best way you can get out there and be yourself. Absolutely. And like TikTok is the biggest culprit of this right now, because as soon as one video takes off, all of a sudden the, the for you page is just everyone doing the exact same thing. And it's not even with their own audio. They're just lip syncing it now too. And it's like, it's even easier to rip things off on TikTok. And it's just, it's crazy how much it is. You know, it's, I get a lot. So TikTok, I'm sure you're aware they have this feature. You can cut the audio from someone's mm -hmm. video, put it on your own video. And initially that would happen and it was like people realized like oh especially like when i do like the deeper like oh this thing cuts whatever yeah. people be like oh that's flavor trend i know that's audio now it's to the point where my video has been diluted so many times in the credit because one guy using my audio gives me credit and that someone else reposts that video and then someone else reposts it eventually my tag is gone so at that point it's and it got to the point where people were like oh my god look at this thing chuck's flavor train made and it's like, dude, aren't you like, you've been following me like his hands are white or like, that's an Asian guy, bro. It's like, <laughs> you don't realize like, that's not me. Like Chuck's flavor train is not a food page that posts a bunch of different people. Like it's me. It's my big fat black ass. That's Chuck's flavor train. Anybody else is using the audio. And it's like, but the problem is nowadays because of that copy and paste world people don't even think that's my voice yeah. you know what i'm saying like i've met people in real life and they'll be like oh you sound just yeah don't pretend i'm not fake <laughs> this is how i talk you know it's like and if i sound like a deep voice the deep voice thing didn't start because i was trying to sound cool or sexy it started because when tiktok when i was posting two years ago getting on that my daughter was two years old or a year and a half at the time she'd take naps i would record my audio while she's napping so instead of yelling brr, brr, i couldn't so <laughs> instead of yelling it'd be like hey today we're cooking a steak we're gonna do it nice low and slow and that's where the deep voice came it wasn't trying to it's i didn't want to wake yeah. my kid up and then people liked it it's like oh shit that's cool it's like so i can do this whispering but again it wasn't thinking what's another way to deliver this it was more of oh i have to get this content out and i got a bunch of shit to dub over so let's do it you know so. <laughs> i love that i'm not waking my daughter up because we're all having a bad day so i'm gonna whisper and that's it <laughs> oh, yeah it's like even the other day it's like i posted a video and in TikTok, they're more, you know, the comments, whatever. But you engage, so you talk. But someone posted, it's like, man, I missed, like, the old energy shock. It was like my daughter was napping. I literally come and say, dude, it's the first quiet video I've done in forever. It's like, my daughter's napping, bro. It's like, I'll have another video up in, like, three hours yelling at you again. But it's like... But yeah, people like have this expectation. It's like, I'm not going to yell all the time just because that's what you want, dude. I'm, I'm whispering because my kid's yeah. napping. Wait for the next video if you don't like this one. You know, it's like. Yeah, and it goes back to like, you're not doing it for them specifically. You're doing it because for the experience of what you're showing them, what they're cooking. It doesn't matter what the voiceover is. Totally. And it's like, 
I feel like kind of, I don't mean it like disrespectfully when I'm like, this isn't for you, but it's like anyone that's watching, sorry, that's at least the way I view my channel. Do I know some people that definitely today I'm making this so that I can appease this person or totally, I'm not hating mm -hmm. on that. That's just not my goal or what my channel is. I don't consider myself to be an educational channel. It's me doing things and having fun. Hopefully you're able to learn something. Again, everything's demonstrated so you can see it. So I'd hope you pick something up, but I'm trying to have fun. So when someone says like, oh, like, you know, um, what do you mean not for us? It's like, all I'm saying is like, I'm making it, I'm eating it, my family's eating it. Like if I'm cooking for a client when I document catering, that's way different. That is definitely for you. You're paying me to come cook for you. I'm your whipping boy. I'll cook up and yeah. do whatever you want. If you don't like a certain product, we're not using that product because I'm here for you. But when I'm in my house cooking, that's what I'm documenting. And I'm not going to cook something stupid or something that I don't want to eat or my family doesn't want to eat just to appease someone out there. It's a waste of money. And my daughter is not going to be happy. My wife ain't going to be happy. And I'm a fat kid. My belly ain't going to be happy. So it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's it's important to draw a line too, right? You, gotta have, you have someone paying you all this money to cook for them. You're not going to walk in and start just yelling and slapping their food around and then trying to serve it to them, you know? Of course, <laughs> unless they want that, which is something like lately. And again, it's you can usually tell by the emails and what they want. And I always, I'm always going to be myself, but it's like I've definitely had gigs where it's like, oh, you didn't slap any meat tonight. It's like, oh, you wanted that. And it's like, yeah, we wanted this and that. It's like, well, you guys should have loosened up a yeah. little bit. It's like you. It's like I try to go off the vibe of the crowd again. I'm always me, but. Yeah, it's, you know, sometimes you go into this nice house that someone rented and it's an mm -hmm. Airbnb and it's like, okay, well, I don't want to come in and start pouring shots and pop your pinky and causing a mess. So it's like, you'll get the classy version. All right, let's, you know, take a drinky. We'll keep it, you know, fancy like Nancy yeah. and whatever. But so, yeah, it's always me, but you do play off the crowd and you catering. It is, it's a business of making people mm -hmm. happy, you know, the service industry in general. And that goes from to the business side, you know, which is Instagram to me can be a business, but I look at that as fun where the actual flavor train catering business that's where it's like oh we've got to actually you know be professional about things and cross your t's and dot your i's and if you want to try to grow the business and make money and have a reputable reputation and respectable reputation you better do things the right mm -hmm. way so and that's something that you know you learn the hard way my first year i thought oh people like my food online cool let's go cater and it's like oh i don't know <laughs> shit about anything like i shouldn't be doing this i had gigs where if my wife wasn't there and, you know, I probably would have just curted it out. There's gigs I was doing where I'm like, oh, but shit, babe, I can't do this. Like, I can't serve this food. Like, this is bad. We got to go. So, you know, you're here. They pay for the food, sack up, get the food on the table, you know? So, yeah, but it, it's a learning experience and a process. And I love it. You know, I always tell her, like, my heart every day before I cater and stuff is beating faster. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm anxious. And then it's like, once you're serving the food and everyone's happy, it's like, oh, that's why I do this. It's like, it's like a rush. It's like a roller coaster of emotions, the good, the bad, the anxiety, the rewarding, everything. So that's the fun side to that. And that's why, you know, you've got to bend and flex two people to make them happy because in the end, that feeling of, you know, uh, satisfaction is everything. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a time and a place you got to read the room and it's all part of the thing. And it's, you know, it means a lot when you, when you say that you get nervous and anxious before doing a catering thing like that because i think a lot of people see all these guys and girls online and just think oh these people are just stone cold killers they do everything perfectly they nothing faces them but it's like this just shows like we're all human and we just get incredibly nervous before we do something big absolutely and i mean i've had the opportunity to meet you know famous 
I am not famous. I've met famous chefs. I've met people that are, you know, actually culinarily trained and much more skilled than I am. Everybody gets nervous, whether or not they're going to say that on camera, whether or not it fits their brand or image, whether or not they want to acknowledge it. Remember, maybe they don't even realize it, but everyone I've been around gets nervous in their own way. You know, and some people use that to... um Maybe they don't feel nervous the day of an event because you prepped and trained for two weeks before and made sure you had all your pre- – that's anxiety and nerves. You're just <laughs> channeling it into preparation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe the day of the event, you're an asshole. That can be nerves. Maybe you're normally uptight the day of the event. You're loosey-goosey drinking. Maybe that's how you cope with the nerves. But it doesn't matter how it is. I think anyone has it. And part of it is – and I've said this on record a lot. When you're giving someone food, you're sharing a part of yourself. You're sharing your love, your time, your energy, your efforts, and you're giving them life because they need food to live. Everyone needs food to live. So for someone to not like it, it's kind of like, cool, next time I'll just come over here, I'll rip my heart out, put it on the table, and you can shit on it, you know, (laughs) because that's basically what it is. I've given you my heart and soul. You know, food is love. Food is life. So for you not to like something that I thought was good or put my heart into and put effort into, that hurts. And I think that's one of the things that why maybe sometimes comments get snippy on IG and people get butt hurt. Rightfully so, they should. And I've definitely had those moments you get caught up in your feelings and all that. But part of it is like, dude, like I tried. Like I thought it was good. And I, you know, when I was last time I did a brisket, even when I was doing the brisket on air for the 49er gig, it's like right before, and I don't even know if it was on camera, maybe I didn't even care, but I said a prayer. And they're like, oh, I'm like, I say a prayer to the brisket gods every time. I don't give a shit if I'm cooking for my daughter and her friends. I don't give a shit if I'm not recording it and I'm tasting it. I'm rec- I'm praying every time. Why? Because you never know what's going to happen. Even though you think you do, that's the mad science that we all love. That's why we're addicted to this barbecue game because it's not perfect. Even if you think it is, it's never perfect every time. So that's what we're striving and you know chasing. But uh, yeah, so and I, those nerves to me are what make it all exciting. That's why I do it. If it was perfect and boring, Put something in the microwave. If you can microwave a brisket, no one wants to do that. There's no fun in that. That's why pellet grills get the bad rap. I don't really give a damn either way, but that's why pellet grills are hated on because it's easier. You're making that margin of error that much smaller. You know what I'm saying? Or sorry, you're making the margin of error that much wider. So it's a lot easier to do it. And I personally think that's why it gets hated on because the craft of barbecue is not knowing it's trying. It's taking those chances, you know, so just my thoughts. I mean, I got to say, I love pellet grills because as a Canadian, I'm not stoking a fucking fire out in minus 16 degrees Celsius. So I'm a turn. I I'm get turning it. it I got three in my backyard. Yeah. Dude, I get it. And it's like, they, are, they really are great. They have a time and place. I'm just looking as what I think some of the scheme in the barbecue world is. For sure. That was what I, but I, I have a book. I tell people, even if you don't want it for traditional barbecue, what about sides? What about fish? What about chicken? What about once, you know, you smoked a brisket to, you know, 120? Nothing, it's not taking on any more smoke. The bark may change color, but as far as flavor after 120, it's not taking on any more actual smoke. You can put it in the oven or you can put it on a pellet grill. So a lot of times when I cater, if I'm doing a lot of things, I'll start on my briskets on one of my, um, you know, a pit or a drum or whatever. Once it's, you know, at a certain temp, it's getting wrapped up. It's going onto the Traeger or the Camp Chef or this, one of my pellet grills to finish up. That's just how I do things. Baked beans, I can put them on the grill, set them or the, you know, pellet grill, set them at 220. Know they're going to get the proper smoke. They're not going to get too hot. They're not going to dry out. And I can let them sit there for three hours while I'm focusing on other things. So I would say make it work for you. You know, it's my favorite bar- barbecue spot in the state of California that I've tried, at least in the Bay Area, Northern California, 
they run Yoder pellet grills, <laughs> you know, and I like their brisket to me. I don't give a shit. You can't tell. It's amazing. It's delicious. The best brisket I've tried here. Perfect. So, I mean, it's all about the pit master, not the pit. You know what? It's just different tools for different things, right? You don't not you don't have to be like, you don't need to be a purist 100%. all the time. Like, sure, there's there is something to be said about you know stoking a fire with post oak live fire, letting it smoke, holding the temp for an entire day to cook a brisket, and that's got to be such a rewarding thing to do at the end of the day. But not everybody's got that time, and they still want a pretty damn good brisket. So just use the tool that you need to use. And I've also said on top of that, it's like it. I mean, it comes to like steak should only be salt and pepper. A brisket should only be salt and pepper, post oak, Texas style, or whatever. If I've said it before, I'll say it again. If everyone does the same thing everywhere, where's the variety? Then Texas barbecue isn't Texas barbecue if everyone does post oak, salt, and pepper. That's just how everyone eats. If everyone used a tangy Carolina sauce, it's not a tangy Carolina sauce. That's just how barbecue sauce is. You know, so when every region, person individual switches something up that's how you push the craft forward that's how you push barbecue forward that's how you challenge and learn and grow for yourself that's how new recipes are created you know it's like you take your grandma's recipe you add a little twist suddenly you got something new and johnny's gonna try your food one day and say hey i like that but you know what i'm gonna add this and someone's gonna say where'd that recipe come from actually you know what i had a good friend johnny his mom was a great cook she would actually do this. I gave a little twist. That's where it comes from. But my recipe is honoring her. You're honoring the culture. You're pushing things forward. You're creating new recipes. So that's my look at things across the board, whether it's methods of cooking, what you're cooking, how you cook, try new things, push the envelope, break rules, don't fall into boxes or listen to any of that bullshit. Because in the end, anybody that does that is not going to be breaking new ground. And that's facts. Exactly. And it that falls straight back to socials too. If you're just doing every single thing that everyone else is doing, like if you only did what you saw other people doing, you wouldn't be where you are today doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Like just copying people and regurgitating it. Like it's, it doesn't work that way or it, if it does, it only works for a brief amount of time. Yeah. I mean, copying only works if it's me and my uh, high school chemistry <laughs> class, you know, in that case I passed the class, but outside of that, no, I'm not a copy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, all of this stuff has happened. You've started smoking, you run a catering business now, and then like you've been on Firemasters. you had a duet from Gordon Ramsay and you were cooking with the 49ers. Like how, <laughs> how did all this stuff come up and like, How's how does that all feel? Is it exciting? What was it all like? Obviously, very <laughs> exciting. Uh, still uh, unreal. I, I hate to sound cliche or keep saying that, but again, it's like you don't ever want to, um, I guess, get big headed, take it for granted, and then it's gone. You know, I'm just trying to enjoy it and soak it in. As far as how everything happened, all through social media. Um, what's funny about blowing up on TikTok is I didn't even post a new TikTok video for probably like the first six months on there. <laughs> Everything on there was stuff I'd already posted on Instagram mm -hmm. that I just muted, put new audio over, and posted. And that was what worked. From there, uh, I, I just noticed all my videos were doing well. And I remember I was like, oh, this Ramsey reacts thing. Let's try it out. Everyone else is doing crazy shit. Let me do a Wellington, but put, you know, a peanut butter and jelly and toe jam in this shit. Or let me do some <laughs> dumb, you know, I'm not hating on yeah. it, but I'm like, I'm thinking like, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to sell out. Like I'm going to cook what I cook. So I cooked the brisket in the pit barrel, like whatever, Gordon, this is a brisket. And I remember like I posted it and it like blew up that first day. It was like a million views in like an hour or something crazy. I'm like, oh damn. So I'm like, oh, it's doing well. It's doing well. And so I remember like, okay, like 
people were like starting to tag me in Gordon Ramsay's page, like Gordon, holler at my boy, holler at my boy. And I remember like the next day, it was like five million views in like a day. And I remember like commenting like, hey, like Gordon, like if you're not going to shit on me, you can always say something nice, dude. Like, you know, because that's <laughs> his thing on TikTok, just dunking on people, which yeah. I'm open for it, dude. I mean, me and my homies, that's all we do is dunk on it. So, but I'm like, if you can't shit on it, if it looks good, you could always be nice, whatever. A couple of weeks go by and I'm like drinking at, uh, at a brewery with some friends and family and like people just started blowing me up. Like, dude, like Gordon, like, I'm like, whatever, dude. So I open my phone. I was like, oh shit. Like, that's super dope. Cause like, it's like growing up, I watched Gordon Ramsay, like with my dad on the couch. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, that's like my dad and I, we watched like movies. We didn't watch too much TV, but like one of the things we did watch as I was getting older, especially was Gordon Ramsay, like, you know, all that stuff. So just like to get that was amazing. And then from there, obviously exposure creates more opportunities, you know, and that's kind of the goal. You've got to keep building and growing in that sense. And from there, it's just, I'm like, okay, well, TikTok's really taking off. Let me try to bring this over to Instagram. And up until like last year, I think probably April of last year, I maybe had 13,000 followers, you know, maybe on Instagram. So since then, like, you know, in about a year, I've added, you know, a hundred and something thousand. And that's not half of, or even a portion of my TikTok, but I'm just like, okay, well, it's going well. So in videos, I start saying, hey, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram. And then one of the Niners, I got to give him a shout out, my boy Colton McKibbitz, great dude. Um, one of our younger guys, young lineman, his girlfriend hit me up. It's like, my boyfriend's a big fan. I'm like, like, I even told my wife, I'm like, I think it's like a robot. Like this blonde girl hit me up saying her boyfriend plays for the 49ers. <laughs> and it's like some random, you get those requests and it's like just a blonde girl in a profile pic. Usually it's like a Russian boss and whatever. Yeah. Follow me on WhatsApp for sex. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so I know who he is. So I message back and she immediately like, let's do it. Cook for him last year. And, you know, we've stayed in touch through social media, him, Justin School, Charlie Warner, a bunch of Charlie Warner, excuse me, a bunch of the guys, um, we've stayed in touch through social media. From there, um, it kind of carried over into this year, you know, just, I started posting more Niner stuff on TikTok and Instagram, just being a fan, liking them. And one of the chief marketing executives, like, sent me an email, it's like, dude, we love your TikTok stuff, like, can we send you some swag? I'm like, you kidding? Like, this is right. Like, <laughs> of course, like, I'll pay for it. Like, I don't like, yeah, let's do it. And then from there, it was like, oh, like, blah, blah, we love like this post you did. You want to come? And again, it's just been building and growing. Do you want to come out one day on air? And I'm like, I'm nervous, terrified. Like, do you know what you're going to say? Do you know? I had no idea. They don't give you a script or nothing. I had like three minutes before the game. And I did that. And they were like, dude, like, did you practice that? Did you write this? Like, where? Like, no, this is what I do every day. Like, give me a mic. I'm going to say some dumb shit. Eventually, I'm going to run out of steam and it's going to get repetitive and you'll get sick of me. But it's like, you know, I'm good and clever for a couple minutes, but I did that. It went well. It's like, we've got to try your food. Tried, your, tried the food. They liked it. Same time, my, it just all during the same week, my boy Colton happened to hit me up. Hey, dude, we're doing a dinner for some linemen. Do you want to cook for us? I cooked for like seven of, you know, the starting or seven linemen for the 49 or seven of the 10 on the team. So just like, and now it's like, what's next? Like, you know, and I think everyone's like, dude, you've done this. And like, even in your mind, you were on fire masters. I mean, to me, dude, I'm like, dude, I recorded that three and a half years ago. So I was cooking food for like two years at that point. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, that's nothing. Like Gordon Ramsay's shout out's cool. Didn't change my life, man. My daughter's not going to college because Gordon Ramsay shouted me out. I don't got money in my bank account from that. It's like, you know, and I'm not saying that money's everything, but what I'm saying is like, none of that, none of these things that I've done, it's like life changing. My goals are, have gone from just to have fun and, uh, you know, uh, do what I want in life to be able to make a living doing what I want that makes me happy when I want to do it, you know? So um, the goal hasn't changed in the sense of 
I don't want to be famous. That's not the goal. The goal is to be able to do what I like. It makes me happy and hopefully be able to do that and provide a living for my family. And that's the goal. So it's how do I roll everything I've done into the next thing? It was very cool. You know, it's an awesome story to tell about Gordon Ramsay. It's very cool that I cook for the 49ers. It's something that my dad and family is very proud of. But for me, it's like, I've got more things to do in a year from now. If I haven't done anything else, that's just old bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you got to keep going and that's the world we live in. It's, I talked to my wife about music artists. Do you remember what, I mean, I'm assuming we're similar age, but you know what it was like in the nineties, you go to the CD store, an artist would put out an actual album of singles. You remember those, right? It'd be yep. just a single. It'd have, you listen to that one song for a year. Then they put out another single. Yeah. Nowadays, you can <laughs> yeah. have an artist. They'll put out their whole album. They release the thing in a day. You stream it. And they have four singles going on the radio at the same time. And they got to put out another album three months later. That's the world we live in, sadly. You're hot today, gone tomorrow. So unless you're not doing something new or staying up or continuing to grow and evolve, you get left behind. And I think more outside of, you know, um, being interpreted wrongly or being misunderstood, I think uh, the thing I fear most is probably just being forgotten or left behind, you know? Like, I don't want to be like, oh, man, do you remember that guy Chuck's Flavor Train? What happened to him? It's like, no, Chuck's Flavor Train's doing it, whether it's food or maybe, you know, I like to rap and make music. Maybe someone's like, hey, dude, let's tap into this. I don't give a shit what it is, but I just want to keep growing and evolving and, you know, being relevant. And I'm not talking about relevant in social media sense. I'm talking about relevant and doing things that make me happy and allow me to continue to fulfill myself, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense because essentially the the social media is just a vehicle for you to gain a bit of exposure so that you can do more cooking for more people. More people know about what you're doing. And the social, like I see a lot of people get into the trap where they're chasing more of those Gordon Ramsay highs or more of those 49er highs. And then you get stuck in this like loop of chasing things that aren't rewarding you either financially or, um, emotionally or anything. And you're, you're no longer working towards the main goal, which would be to do something that you enjoy. Because when you see Gordon Ramsay quotes, your tweet or stitches your video, that's an immense high. Like that feels incredible. I can only imagine how exciting it is, but you can't chase that the whole time. That is just an avenue that you have to leverage to get more people to hire you so you can cook for their family or their football team and just drive their business forward. 100%. And that's, you know, it's like, I was, I was actually just thinking about that earlier today. I have one of the clients I probably cook for their like highest returning client. I cook for them more than anyone. Great people have a lot of fun. Uh, they definitely get the flavor train vibe. Now their gig for them coming up in like three weeks in February. And I'm just, I was thinking about that, like as awesome as everything is and as great as it is. And as much as I love doing all that crazy other stuff, love to do it again. Like, this is what excites me. Like I'm going to cook for someone's house. Like I'm going to their house. I get to cook for them. I know they like it because they've come back like six or seven times, you know? Um, so yeah, I just, you know, uh, stay present, stay in the moment and never forget where you came from or, you know, uh, your roots or whatever, you know, it sounds cliche, but just try to remember where thing, how things used to be, where you've come from, you know, all that. Enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride, you know, it could end at any moment. So, yeah. And remember where you're going too, because this is all the road to get to where you want to be. So you can't forget your destination or else you're just going to get lost the entire time. Exactly. You know, and again, that's why I think it's about, you know, I, I try to keep my kind of goals general and vague. And like I said, being able to do what I want, when I want and make a living, because if I would have said, man, my goal was just to have Gordon Ramsay shout me out. That's done. Well, what next? I don't want to be 32, dude. My dream was to have Gordon Ramsay shout me out. I guess I'm done. It's like peaking in high school. You know, it's like, 
the goal post is constantly moving. And I, I almost like having an unachievable goal. If I'm trying to, you know, if I want everything and I don't get it at all, but it's like, you look back and it's like, damn, dude, you still did a lot. That's pretty, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. That's my mind state. So, you know, shoot, dream big. And again, as we talked about, anything's possible. It's been, you know, I've had this smoker now. I've been barbecuing in six years. That's not a long time doing the things I've done. If you would have told a young fat kid all that, that I've done, that I would have done that, I would have told you you were, crazy so um and that's i'm sorry to cuss drop the f-bomb but that's the only way i could say it so i always tell the people out there you know chase your dreams don't ever say anything's impossible it sounds corny as hell but it's the truth man we live in a new world where you can literally be the author of your own destiny so make that shit happen man i think that's the perfect segue to close this episode off because all that just came from the heart and from the passion and i think that's the message everyone needs to hear at least once in a while they need to remember you know you could be gone tomorrow anything could end at any moment and you just got to keep chasing after what you think is going to make you happy then that nothing else matters in that so chuck man thank you so much for chatting with me today this has been an amazing conversation i've really really enjoyed it my pleasure i genuinely mean that um like i said it's humbling to get this opportunity i consider you a friend a brother now when next time i get up north we got to link up as well so that's on my list for this year so we got to make something happen but i truly appreciate it thank you thank you thank you keep killing it man you're doing good things out there awesome man and make sure you come up in the summer because i'm not leaving the house in the winter that's just not worth it (laughs) i'll keep that in mind i'll definitely make sure that happens (laughs) all right man awesome thank you so much and take care cheers brother much love jordan take care And there it is. That's my conversation with Chuck of Chuck's Flavor Train. If that didn't get you fired up, I don't think anything will. Not a single thing that he said was not straight from his heart. You can tell how deeply he cares about what he does and how much it truly means to him to be able to do it. And I honestly can't wait to see where he goes next. And something to keep in mind for yourself as a listener, even confident people like Chuck have imposter syndrome and nerves and anxiety. It's natural to be nervous. Don't let that get in your way. If you're nervous, it means that you're doing something right and something you care about. We're all human, we all have emotions, and we all get scared or nervous. We just need to find out how to face our fears and learn how to overcome them so that it doesn't become so much of a barrier in the future. That's when you start to unlock even more great things. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Influential Barbecue. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. You can find links to everything we talked about today on the show notes page at influentialbarbecue.com. As always, I'm looking for feedback on this show from you. Any feedback you give me can help me improve this show to bring you better episodes in the future. So please shoot me an email at podcast at influentialbarbecue.com or send me a DM to Influential Barbecue on Instagram. Also, if you or your business is looking to start a podcast, let me know and reach out. I recently started thepodcabin.com in order to help businesses launch the podcast that they've been thinking about launching for a long time. And I can help you get from nothing to a fully functional podcast so that you can cultivate more brand loyalty, more brand authority, and attract new customers by launching a podcast and reaching them through a new medium. I'm Jordan Moore. You can follow my barbecue adventures on Instagram at The Backyard Brisket. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week and keep on grilling.